0: Hi, everyone. So this is the bonus round that is partnering with Tim Ferriss. And, you know, obviously Tim is curious and smart, and I believe he ignites that in a lot of people. So my producers are asking me kind of questions maybe that Tim would ask in his style for this one. Now, I'm going to say that part of that's going to work with me and part of it isn't because I just... I'm more messy than that, if that makes sense. I think I'm, I just think in living in life in the way that I work and being in a relationship and family, I think I just, I'm not as systematized. So I'll answer, but it may not be in the Tim Ferriss uh, bullet point kind of fashion. Uh, The first question is sort of what are the books I've either gifted or have influenced me? Weirdly, somebody gave me Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged when I was 14. And it just made me look at the world a little differently. And meaning like maybe it's just not as it seems. Um, And as far as like books that, I'll just name a list of books that I have really used or loved or gone back to. um, And for very different reasons. So number one is Loving What Is. By Byron Katie, you hear me talk a lot about Katie. It can be used as a tune-up to kind of check in, and we'll go into that later. I like Stephen Mitchell's translation of the Tao, originally uh, done by Lao Tzu. The Untethered Soul, Michael Singer, who could leave out the Four Agreements. Twelve Rules of Life. It's by Jordan Peterson. Some people love Jordan, some don't. I think it's. Just a very straightforward, important read. One of the things he said in there is like, if a kid's learning to skateboard, don't interrupt them. Because really, what is it about? It's about learning to master something. So I just think there's some, some great reminders. A random book that I really enjoyed was The Lion Tracker's Guide to Life um, by Boyd Vardy. And it's just, sometimes it's like those simple things. Uh, I also enjoyed The Courage to be Disliked. Uh, which is based on Adlerian philosophy. Again, it's that perspective. Awareness by Anthony DeMello. How to Change Your Mind. Michael Pollan, this is an important book for me because I am incredibly stubborn and kind of overgrounded. And um, I think knowing how to change your mind, (laughs) it's like so important through life, So those are just some books that I go to. I like, I like Atomic Habits. And uh, there's a beautiful book called The Blue Mind, which is really helpful. As far as gifting books, I think I, I was gifted uh, the Tao. And so I have gifted that book, I have gifted the Four Agreements. I've shared probably Loving What Is as a, as a really great tool or resource. Okay, so some of the other things I was asked is what have I purchased for $100 or less that has impacted me in the last six months or just in recent memory? And of course, everybody loves specifics. I'm going to say, weirdly, you know, for $100, it's not like you're, you know, you're not getting a fancy red light or anything like that. So I would actually just say high quality uh, supplements. And um, I, you know, I take a high quality quercetin, vitamin C. I will say this, the more I learn about vitamin C, I know it's so ridiculous, um, especially for managing stress, uh, the more I will say it's important to get a high quality, so Thorn or Pure, or, you know, brands like that. Um, Ritual, I really like them for their multivitamin um, and I'm not just saying that. So for me, it's investing in things um, like that to support my kind of health and I, and I will see kind of an evenness also. And, uh, differently, I did also use uh micro uh, which I, I really, it sort of felt like my head got softer, my brain. Um, I know you can ex- relate to this. Like sometimes we have so many details and things coming at us and, um, I feel like my head gets like concrete. So when we hear about like plasticity, um, so that, and you know, that's not cheap. Um, but that was an investment, uh, into myself. So how is a failure or a parent failure set you up for later success? I mean, like which area? (laughs) It's like you blow it in a relationship and you learn like, oh, that technique that I'm used to doing things, whether it's my communication style or what have you, isn't working. Um, So in there, I would say I have in the past failed to express myself well, Um, And it got me in such bad situations that later it certainly has made my relationships more successful, including with my children. Um, And if you want to talk about in business, uh, God, it's like you're failing all the time really quickly. So with one of our businesses that has done very well, but has also been going through a hard time because of the market, sort of some of those things are also teaching me right now about... A different language in business. Because sometimes when you start something, there's sort of a friendly tone to, th- to things. We're going to do this together. Um, and what you realize is that, yes, that is a part of it. And you can keep your integrity. You can create real uh, corporate and legal bumpers for things that are important uh, for the mission vision of your business. But simultaneously, it's learning. um, Oh, as we move up and into certain, you know, kind of levels of business, it's different. So I wouldn't say it's been a failure. It's it's been like a real adjustment and sort of learning about work and friends and kind of the brutality of that. Like, so the group that usually comes in and creates something is oftentimes not the group that's going to stay. So that feels like a failure. But then you realize it, it's just part of it. And, and as far as favorite failures, um, I certainly think I had a failure early on in my marriage for my communication skills. And um, it really taught me that I wasn't going to be afraid of that because the predicament I would get into or the state of the relationship would be so much worse than having a short conflict, let's say, with Laird. So I won't say it's my favorite failure, but it's a really important one because of in an attempt to sort of keep the peace and do all these things, I actually ended up making things worse. So I will say that that helped me. One of the questions was, if there was a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, metaphorically speaking, getting a message out to millions or billions, what would it say and why? I guess for me, it's it's, uh, <laughs> it's pretty simple. It's pay attention. I I think we've stopped paying attention. I think, you know, you watch people driving their car, walking across the street. I feel like a lot of us are in a fog and we're not doing what we're actually doing. So we're not actually driving our vehicles or actually crossing the street or sitting with a loved one and visiting. It's like we're here and there and everywhere. Pay attention like a savage. Defend your health. And finally, be kind to one another. Just baseline decency. So... Pay attention, defend your health, be kind to one another, and I'll add one more, find your purpose. I feel that if we can really just do some of these basics, not only will our lives be so exponentially better, I think we can all put that out into the ether and sort of combat some of the um, this kind of adversity that everyone thinks or or. You know everyone's fighting and disagreeing. I don't. I just feel that we're at a time where there's no more nuanced conversation. There's, almost, there's no more agree to disagree, and it's it's sort of a zero sum game. And I think when we feel better, so take care of ourselves and pay attention. Meaning, you know, like don't get swept up in all this bullshit that is around us, swirling around us twenty four seven. Pay attention. What's really happening? Secondly, if we can take care of ourselves, we have the wherewithal to have distance to react and make decisions accordingly based on how we're feeling, not how we're reacting. Being kind to each other is just, I feel like we should go out into the world as a baseline kind of expectation of just what you do. Why would that not be part of who you are? It's like breathing, sleeping, eating, leading first with kindness, doesn't mean be a doormat and you don't know how to stand up for yourself, of course, but leading with that. What is one of the most worthwhile investments I've ever made? Again, super unsexy, like if I was Tim, I would be talking either about a stock maybe or some kind of process of Of uh, navigating a challenge in life. For me personally, it has been the investment in my own self, my own health, the time and energy thus far that will continue, and in my relationships. Now, do you see the returns the same way? It's a different kind of return. It's quiet, sometimes it's inconvenient, it's messy, but. You know, it's without a doubt, and you can look at the Harvard study, you know, Robert Waldinger has a book coming out, he's the fourth director of that study, and over and over and over and over of these 700-something men, it was your feeling of connection that gave you meaning and some kind of sense of satisfaction of your life. It's the thing that takes the most energy. At times, it feels like it gives you the least, and I just know it to be true. Investing in relationships and investing in your health and in growth. That's the other thing, investing in learning. I think this is something that uh, I'm never, I know is right. Um, What is an unusual habit or absurd thing that you love? Oh my gosh. Well, I love stand-up comedy. People don't realize um, I'm either like a documentary person or a stand-up comedy. That's it, um, and I don't think it's absurd. It's just maybe not as obvious given <laughs> my demeanor. I have an unusual habit. Uh, well, I'm I'm very systematic, right? So I get up every day, and I don't leave my bedroom until I'm sort of organized, and that means like my physical appearance. And so even if I have workout clothes, I'm still sort of put together because it helps me get ready for the world. I do not walk out of my room, even on a Christmas morning. Maybe I did when my kids were really little and, you know, Santa came. Uh, But otherwise, I don't walk out of my room without sort of like, my teeth are brushed, my hair is brushed, I'm dressed accordingly. And like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for the day. Uh, Because it doesn't always come natural. It's not like you fly out of bed and you're like, I'm ready. It's like, oh my gosh. So I think I use that ritual, um, that habit to kind of get me prepared. Um, And then I do wipe down my kitchen counter quite a bit. not going to lie. I just think it's important that it's clean. Okay. In the last five years, what new uh, belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? It's a great question. I can say without a doubt a couple of different things. One is the true sense of learning to surrender and not spending lots of time worrying. I think when you are, are kind of result-driven, you, you do that, right? You're looking ahead. But I think I had scenarios within my family, my children, that um, my way wasn't naturally working, of trying to control things or be organized through it or justify why it's good but just learning to listen. So in the behavioral side, just listen, not defend, not solve, just listen. And on the belief side, I'm trying my best not to go too far in the future. And this is where the Loving What Is book was very helpful. I think they call it past futuring or yeah, are you past futuring? So you're taking the past and going to the future. And and just like when I say being honest with myself. So let's say one of the girls is out and it's late and I, I, I'm concerned and because the road is dangerous and all these things. I could spend time worrying, but maybe within the new belief and the new behavior, I could say, hey, right now everything is good and that's where I'm trying to live more often than not. It has been very helpful. It is hard to do. And then, and and finally, not be defensive. If somebody has a criticism of me that I'm close to, uh, to really try to hear it and let it land. And it's interesting how much better it is when we don't fight things, when we can apologize, when we can hear things that are uncomfortable about our behavior, because we are trying. So uh, that's, that's been helpful. Uh, what advice would, you, would I give to a smart, driven college student about to enter the real world, and what advice should they ignore? Isn't that funny? What advice would I give them? And then like the advice to ignore. Uh, I wouldn't, I don't give advice. I think I would say that we are set to think that success is a certain amount of money, a certain amount of attention, and um, certain jobs sort of have this kind of positive stigma around them. What I would encourage them is to make sure that they're in touch with their, inter, their inner voice, their inner passions. Because no matter how driven and smart they are, it's going to be difficult, not impossible, um, not uh, unenjoyable, but it will be a lot of work and difficult. So, so I just would say to them, what is it that you want to work really hard at? Quiet the world down, quiet your family down, quiet, quiet down the expectations of what we're supposed to be, especially if we're smart and driven and we just came out of the, the college institution. How do you define success? What does that look like to you? What does the, the other parts of your life look like in conjunction to that success? Because we sometimes focus only on the work part of success and we don't take into consideration you know, our relationships, our life, our passions, um, and things like that. And so how, do, how are all those things going to uh, interact with one another in this picture of success? And what advice I would ignore is um, I always say run from absolutes, and when people say, "Oh, you should or shouldn't do that," I don't know where another person has the authority or understanding to advise a person on their journey. Um, now, if they're asking for someone's opinion that they trust and is a mentor or what have you, great. But um, if people are just giving unsolicited advice about your life, um, they don't—they don't know. They don't know you. They don't know your kind of your magical journey. And you do. So I think it's very hard to do because we want to live up to the outside world's expectation of us. And I would say to the best of your ability, try not to do that and try not to make decisions from fear and from ego. And it's really hard to do. Uh, What are bad recommendations you hear in your profession or area of expertise? Oh, God, I hear so many. (laughs) I don't know. I think, you know, I think a lot of times we're sold more is more. And when it comes to fitness, I would be careful of, you know, overtraining or thinking the aesthetic is the, is the result of good health. That's not always the case. And I, I think the, again, going back to absolutes, like you have to eat this way or that way. I think people really need to understand First of all, get your blood work done, figure out what's going on with your overall picture of health, then work from there. Who are you? What can you do on a consistent basis? When you eat certain foods, how does it make you feel? How's your elimination? Do you feel tired after? Do you feel energized? Really take time uh, to understand who you are Uh, and, and, and what is the definition of being fit and healthy? And how long do you want to do it for? Because if you want to do it for your entire adult life, then you have to have a strategy. And part of that strategy is to listen to yourself and to listen to your body. Because otherwise, you'll be able to do it pretty well until you're like 45 or 50. And then you either will be broken or something. So I think it's really important. And change it up. You can't do one thing forever. It's just not going to work. I don't know. Fitness, it's really funny. And, and you know, you just... There's no magic bullet, people. There just isn't. It's, just, it's work <laughs> consistently. It doesn't have to be torture, but it is work. There's no way around it. We're not there yet. I'm sure they'll figure it out. Um, when I feel overwhelmed or unfocused or have lost uh, focus temporarily, what do I do? Well, overwhelmed and unfocused are two different things for me. So um, when I feel overwhelmed, I usually I have enough experience to realize A lot of it's self-induced. It's me thinking about too many of the days ahead instead of dealing with the day that I'm in. Because let's say I have a very busy week or weeks, I'm feeling overwhelmed because I'm thinking about the entire sort of situation versus, okay, today. So the questions I ask myself are, what is it that I need to focus on and accomplish today? And I try to simplify it that way. Um, If I think about next Thursday and it's Monday or two weeks from now, you'll find too what's interesting is a lot of times things won't even happen. You ever commit to a dinner or a meeting and then all of a sudden the day arises that you're supposed to do that meeting or dinner and the person cancels or something comes up or what have you and then you spent 10 days stressing out about it because you didn't want to really want to do it or you you had a busy day or whatever. So Again, going back to that present. Um, and then as far as loss of focus temporarily, I usually find that that happens to me when I'm wasting time, when I'm looking at my phone, when I am somehow got caught into a social media track, uh, when I'm not directive. So what, what I will do is I will write things down. Uh, so what is it that needs to happen today? If I'm not able to kind of organize that internally in my mind, I will write it down and sort of systematically figure out the way to go through through that what I would encourage people to do is if they can if they have the opportunity to exercise first thing in the morning this this has an anchoring effect not only does it give you energy but there's something about it that you also know I've done something very positive for myself today and it I think it can help you really focus but if that doesn't work certainly um, maybe even go outside you know look at something natural be around something natural it does have a grounding effect quiet don't go deeper down into your phone sort of fight that urge cuz that is the urge right like i'm out of focus so i'm going to do something that i don't have to focus so i would say go the other way and and ask yourself like hey what am i feeling why is there extra stress around this why do i feel overwhelmed and ways that we can do that is making sure we're getting enough sleep did you drink too much coffee did you ha- have something weird to eat Um, do you have some unsettled business with a, with a friend or a lover or someone, a coworker that you need to have this conversation? Um, because a lot of times, sometimes when things aren't clean, uh, everything else is just kind of annoys us and makes us feel overwhelmed. And then, and then finally, you know, listen, I ask myself like, Hey, am I going to feel this way tomorrow? And is this such a big deal? Or am I just getting my feathers up because I feel like someone doesn't, you know, realize how tough and smart I am, and that's making me aggravated. <laughs> because it is, it's very powerful. We have these defense mechanisms that show up. And when we can look at ourselves and be honest and laugh about it, and take 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 a beat, always take a beat. Don't respond to a email immediately or a text or a phone call. Take a beat so that you can respond the way you really, really want to, and the way you really probably feel in the long run. And then also you will have less work either putting out fires or, you know, having long conversation. So, I again, I, I know I'm very different than Tim. He's so beautifully uh, just analytical and organized and systematic. But I'm a different person than Tim. And I've had a different path. So I gave you my answers. And on any of the things that you like to share, your books, your techniques, I'm uh, um, I'm always interested in hearing. So thanks for spending time with me. That wraps it up for today. Make sure to follow us on Spotify for free episodes and subscribe to The Gabby Reese Show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me at Gabby Reese on Instagram and Twitter. Aloha.